on this week's show. No goals between Chatham and Sheppey. We hear from both camps, starting with Sheppey United assistant boss John Richardson. It's never going to be an easy game here. They've got some great players, great experienced players at this level and above. So, yeah, a great point, a way point for us. It's four without a win for the Chats, but boss Kevin Hake is still feeling upbeat. Look, whilst we didn't get the, like, the win that we would have wanted, we still find ourselves in a great position. And they put their spot in the Kent Senior Trophy final. Delight for Deal Town manager Steve King. We've been pretty vocal about wanting to target the Kent competitions, obviously the League Cup and the Kent Senior Trophy. So to actually have, have reached the final was really pleased and it was a great day for the club. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. After our mid-season break last week, we're back with three interviews for you to enjoy, including two hot off the press or whatever the audio equivalent of that is, from tonight's clash between Chatham Town and Sheppey United. Uh, I'm John Phipps, back from a week of winter sun and all-inclusive food and booze. And on the line, of course, is the man who I'm sure at this time last week just felt completely bereft. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Not bad. Well, I've stayed up late, mate. I'm not really, because normally I've been going to bed nice and early. But now back with a pod, a week away, invigorated, going into the business end of the season. If we don't know if we can call that yet, can we? Oh, well, well, well... We'll hear people saying in the interviews there's still 12 games to go, so we're probably right. not quite in the business well, the season, are we? No, probably not, but we're getting there. We're getting closer. We're getting closer and, um, well, it'll soon be March. Then that'll definitely be the business end. But week away, invigorated. I hope you had a good holiday. Do you know what? I had a lovely holiday. It was uh, it was really nice. It wasn't the warmest, uh, but when the sun came out, it was very pleasant and we had a nice little bit of pool just around the corner from our uh, our suite that we had uh, where we could go and sit. And when the sun was out, it was lovely. I've caught a bit of the sun, um, which was quite nice. Um, Is there many people over there or you do it to yourself, really? <laughs> do you know, when we got there uh, on Sunday last week, it was quite quiet. But by the time we left on Sunday this week, it was getting quite busy. And the other thing that was of note was we were the young'uns when we, when we got there. But by the time we left, we were very much in the middle. So, yeah, you were near the party capital, weren't you? No, no, we were the other side. So we were in a place called Paphos. Um, right. So we were in the sort of southwest corner uh, of Cyprus. Uh, it, it, it was because it was off season, it was quite quiet. There wasn't really a lot around our hotel, but we did go down to the, the harbour one night, which was really nice. Uh, and then a couple of nights we went up to the old town and we had an incredible uh, meal on Friday night. Um, we were in celebratory mood anyway, because I'd had some good news uh, back at home anyway. Um, and we, went, we walked into this restaurant and they said, and we said, oh, we've got... Have you, got a table to this said have you booked you're like no no I said oh come on it's fine and they didn't bring us a menu they just brought us a drinks menu and then they just come over and went would you like meat or veg we just sort of looked at them and went well meat and they just literally kept bringing us food so we had um started off with a massive bowl of greek salad and then there was couscous and uh couscous was with apple and beetroot there was hummus there was tzatziki there was um, some like really nice cheese and then they just kept bringing us meat and it was meat after meat after meat after meat. And then they brought some mushrooms, which were amazing. And they brought some potatoes, which were amazing. And the thing was, we didn't even know how much this was all going to cost us. Right. And we were sat there thinking, oh, this could be interesting. They brought the bill over. We'd, for the food, we paid 20 euros a head. And right. uh, we we could not believe it. So, uh, yeah, it was it was brilliant. We had a, we had a great time. Uh, plenty of uh, strawberry daiquiris on the go and, and other cocktails as well. Uh it was Fee's first all-inclusive experience, and and I don't think it will be her last. And you know, we've not known each other that long. 
Well, exactly. We've not known each other that long. Uh, we survived. In fact, we've probably come back even stronger. Uh, happy birthday to FIFA Monday as well. Um, but yes, uh, the next holiday, who knows? We'll hopefully get another one in uh, this year because with the uh, exciting change in my personal circumstances, i.e. I now have a full-time job, uh, I'll be able to ha have a bit more holiday and, and a bit more sort of structure to everything. So uh, fingers crossed the next holiday will be sometime this year. Good stuff. Yeah, so congratulations on your new role. So uh, bigger and better things. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it means more late night pods though, doesn't it? It is going to be more late like pods, but you know, that's the, uh, that's the way of the world, but it also might mean that I've got more, uh, midweek nights off as well. So, uh, right. you know, be a bit more structured because I can kind of look and, um, cause I'm only going to be doing, I'm not having to work every hour because like, I need all the money. Now I've actually got a job. So, and it will be more structured. So, uh, I think it's going to, it's, it's positive all around and, you know, I've had a, ru a really rubbish year. Well, I had a really rubbish year last year for the first half of it. Uh, and I've now come out of it completely on the other side and I'm happier than I've been in years. So that's absolutely brilliant. So, yes, well done to me. Uh, anyway, it's our 245th episode this week. And apparently that is the number of Jewish singers who returned from captivity uh, in Babylon around 538 BCE uh, following the rise of Cyrus the Great and the Persian Empire, because it says uh, besides their male and female slaves, of whom there were 7,337, they had 245 singers, male and female, uh, 736 horses, 245 mules, uh, 435 camels and 6,720 donkeys. Uh, fascinating. It's also apparently 245 million years or there or thereabouts since non-bird dinosaurs started to exist. And do you know what, just like the alien stuff the other week, it does all baffle me, but let's just go with it. Convoluted about 245 that I never have a single clue about, mate. That's Clearly not a big religious story. Otherwise, we'd have known about 245 singers as well exactly. as turning water into wine. Exactly. So, you know, it, but that, that's what it says. So uh, I thought it was, it was amazing that the singers were the headline. And there's also that number of um, mules as well. But there you go. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah. A sugar yeah. for a mule. Yes. Yeah. Well, interesting. Well, I've never heard of that. I'll never hear it again. No, I mentioned the, the alien thing there. Did, did you see that? The other week we were talking about aliens, are there lives out there? And then the next day they're saying, oh, we've had a ping from the aliens. So obviously the extraterrestrials are well, there and they are fans of the Kent Only podcast. I need to check the listeners, uh, the listening stats to see if there is actually anything saying that we've got extraterrestrial listeners. Well, we need those numbers added. Well, clearly, and they're sh shooting down those things as well, aren't they? Well, allegedly from allegedly Chinese things, whatever it is, UFOs. Let's oh, not yeah. get involved. Let's just keep doing silly football shows and we'll yeah. worry about war when it starts. <laughs> uh, let's get on with this. Let's get on with the show then. We... Yes, we will. We're going to start with the Eastman League Southeast, where there were three big games uh, on Wednesday night. Chief among them, although not in the scoreline, was the game that I've been at tonight, where Chatham took on Sheppey United. Uh, it finished 0-0. It was a keenly contested game, shall we say. Both sides uh, hit the woodwork. Not a great amount of chances, though. There were some good saves uh, at either end uh, and a point probably fair on reflection I mean Sheppey are now unbeaten in nine games it means Chatham are without a win in four we're going to hear from both camps after the game we're going to start with the visitors uh, Sheppey United assistant manager John Overton. you know it's it's never going to be an easy game here they've got some great players great experienced players at this level and above so yeah a great point a way point for us we, we knew it was going to be tough we knew the challenges of coming here um, I think, you know, we've hit a bar in the second half on another day that could have gone in. And I think in the second half, you know, our keepers made a great save onto the bar. And, 
you know, it was, it was, a, it was such a tough game of, of those tight and clinical moments. You're two evenly matched teams, and I was just chatting to someone. The way that you kind of approach the season is different, but you both seem to be, well, you're going to be there or thereabouts, hopefully. Well, we've been on a bit of a transition, I think, from sort of November, December time. We're starting to settle now. We've, we've brought in a, you know, we've shaped our squad as the season's gone on. So I think, you know, we're different in that context. I think they've probably had the majority of their squad since pre-season and they've had the time to work and develop and bring that sort of team together as such. Um, we're still growing, we're still developing, there's still more to come. Um, but yeah, I think the future's bright. I think when you, you look at sort of our average age, I know Mids is obviously 39 and brings that average age up a little bit, but the majority of our players, 18 to 24, and they've had experience at this level. So I think whatever happens this year, I think for a you know, Sheppard United fan perspective, you know, the next few years is going to be positive. It's, it's amazing you say how the squad's transitioned because uh, you say their squad's been together since pre-season, but you look at the squad you had last season at Sheppey compared to, to now and then compare what Chatham had last season to what they've got now. Theirs is quite similar. Yours is completely different almost. Yeah, I think um, there, 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 was, there had to be some changes. I, I came in uh, beginning of November and it was, there, it, was, it was natural. It's natural. Some people go, some people stay, and that's for various reasons. You know, we, we all know it only takes seven, you know, a non-contract player, it only takes them seven days to be able to be approached and then they may head off for whatever reason. Um, and actually some players have stayed, some have gone, and actually you know, every player makes that decision. So the players we brought in, I've always said, have to be the right, the right player. Um, and if you can surround yourself by good people, I think you can see that tonight because they run through brick walls for you and they go the extra mile. You mentioned Jack a few weeks ago. Well, last time we spoke to him on the show, he said in an ideal world he's not playing, but he seems to be a key man again at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's strange because we, we've always tried to look at it is, is, you know, to make sure one of us is either you know playing or not um, and then we've had a bit of time on the sidelines together which has been great and obviously with Jake Embry suspended Warren McFuller out with a knee injury he, you know he's been called called back in and he's, he's, he's been superb um, he does everything for you he wins good fouls high up the pitch he's an aerial presence um, he's great and very cute in his, in his play as well so he brings us that little bit of quality that we need so no he's been superb Obviously, he has a lot of trust in you as well, because obviously, you know, to, to, for him to be able to play, he's got to have someone he can trust on the sidelines. Yeah, we've got a great uh, backroom staff. We've got, obviously, um, myself, then we've got uh, Beardo, Simon Beards, we've got Ross Wiles, um, both coaches, and then we've got Kieran Ark, our goalkeeping coach, supported by Lee and Alice as well, our physio. So we've got a really strong, tight-knit um, group behind the scenes as such. Um, and yes, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, it's being aligned. It's singing the same hymn sheet as such and, what, and, and knowing what other people are thinking. You mentioned he made a great save, but Aidan's done really well, hasn't he? He's been a key man for you all season. I think he's he's definitely one of the best keepers in this league. No no shadow no shadow of doubt about that. Um, yes, there's other good keepers out there, but his distribution, his handling, coming out from crosses and things like that today, and he's he's had a great save second half. So yeah, he's he's been superb for us all season long. Uh, you move on Ramsgate home Saturday. Uh, they were three 0 up tonight and drew three three. So you'll be hoping that you can take advantage of them, possibly being a bit low on confidence. Well, I've not seen any of the results yet, but what what I do know is is you know then it's no coincidence at the top. Um, they've got some quality players. I know they've had a transition in manager, but they've you know it was an internal appointment. So I, I presume the culture and the way they play and the systems they use are exactly the same. Um, they've been doing that all season, brushing teams apart. So I know it'll be again an extremely tough game for us. Uh, and obviously you, you were at Sheppey for, for a long time, you've been, been away, come back, still love the club? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit strange really, obviously I was, I was here the first time player and then assistant to Ernie, which was great and we had that, uh, it, was a, it was a Covid season, it was sort of curtailed around March time, um, went away and played, went down to Ashford for about a season and a bit, then over to Faversham and it was great like, for, for me to go back and play and work 
know, down at Ashfield with Tommy Warrell and Obes, you know, you're always learning and thinking, you know, when I get a chance at management or assistant management, you take take all those little key things which they use and implement. And then over last year at Faversham, again with uh, James Collins, another very good manager, he's now at Bowers and do, doing well over there. So, and then obviously having the opportunity to come back here and support Jack, sort of his backroom backroom staff was yeah, an absolute no-brainer. You know, the club's great, supporters are great, real family club, and yeah, certainly enjoying being back here. And just finally, obviously, I think it's what nine, ten games I've beaten for you now, and and where does this season go from here? Yeah, good question. I think uh, yes, nine, nine unbeaten now. We, we set ourselves targets which we, we which we run to internally, and we work with sort of challenge the players like bit by bit by bit. Yes, things have certainly improved, and yes, we're getting there. I, you know, I'm not going to stand here tonight and say we're going to finish in X position, or we're going to, you know, I, I say to the players, I ban them from using that too. You know, that, those words as such. Um, but look, we're, we're aiming to, to win as many games as we can and have a real positive run in, in, a, in a, I think it's 12 to go now. So, yeah, we'll keep going and do our very best to finish as high as we can. Well, he's a happy man with, with that, Matt. And, and, and it's interesting. Uh, and, and I said to him, and, and you'll also hear, I said it to, to Kevin as well, and I was chatting to someone else as well. The way that these two clubs have gone about this season is completely different. And they now seem to be on a sort of collision course again, that they're going to be very, very close to each other come the end of the season. Yeah, I think um, Sheppey really had a slow start to the season. Jack Midson's seems to have worked his magic. As you mentioned, they're still playing. I, I, I presume, John, he's still an absolute threat up front for them. Yeah, he's, he's got. A, he's put himself about tonight. Uh, and as Jono said there, you know, he's won a lot of headers. He's won his flick-ons. And, and he is, you know, he's, he's the focal point for that team. And, and you know, it's, it, it, you see what without Warren Mafood, obviously, he's such a big player for them. Uh, and Jake Embry as well, as Jono said there, and, and he stepped up tonight and, you know, th- things were going through him and, and he's a presence up top and he holds the ball up and, and, and kind of that's what you need sometimes, especially when you go to a place like Chatham where, you know, that they've got such a good home record to be able to have that that ability to take the pressure off is massive. Well, I think having such a good home record um, puts a team on the back foot straight away, I would have thought, but they've gone there in front of an excellent crowd and picked up an excellent result and going in the right direction from that thing. I'm led to believe that Warren Mafula is wanted by other clubs and that's why he's not playing. Did you know anything about that? No, I believe he's injured. He was there tonight. Um, So, you know, if you're on the way out, I don't think you turn up to watch uh, (laughs) your team play. You could probably guess what club's supposed to be after him, John. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's yes, that's that may be the case, but um, yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 one of those, and, and I think you know, I know Shep, Sheppy are very happy with him, uh, and and I think he's happy there as well. So um, we shall we, we shall see, but you know, he, he makes such a difference to them because he, he guarantees goals. But you know, they're without him at the moment, but they are nine games unbeaten and and moving in the right direction. And as I said, you know, you, you look at the squad they had last season. And the number of players who are still there, are still playing in that team tonight, is is, is very very few. You know, it's it, they've completely reshaped that squad, uh, Jack Midson, and you know he he was very much thrown in the deep end the way that things went at the start of the season when Ernie Batten left, but he seems to be putting his own stamp on things now, and and it's paying dividends for Sheffield United because they're in a great run of form and they're gate crashing the playoffs now. Again, the form side in the league, I would say at the moment. As the top three are sort of taking to be, you know, they've gone away with it. But they, Sheppy, they're definitely the, the team in form. I see my mate Eddie Allsop play. How did he get on today or this evening? 
didn't see a lot of him to be honest. Uh, it, it was it was one of those games where it was it was kind of hard for players to 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 make a big impression, especially the forward players. Um, but yeah, he, he he was there. He he got himself about a little bit. Um, you know, they had some they had some good players in there. So you know, it's it's, it's interesting to see how things of how things are progressing for Sheppard. I mean, looking at it from the starting eleven, I think there was two of those players were there last yeah. season. Um, you know, so that does just go to show how, as John Owen said, there it's been a transi- transitional season so far for Sheffield United. Yeah, we all thought probably they would be doing well after the, the domination of last season with them in Chatham. Again, you know, the eve of the season and their initial problems, it took Jack Midson to go a while. I think they got a Tonkin in the FA Cup at one stage, didn't they? So you sort of. Um, the highs and lows of the highs of last season were definitely lows at the start of the season, but they seem to have uh, got themselves organised. Jack Midson, tough job being a player manager, particularly at this level. And as you mentioned before, he didn't want to carry on playing, but doing a job there. And that's a great result because we know how good Chatham are at home. And maybe they've caught Chatham at the right time because is that four four games without a win for Chatham now? And they could have really probably you know picked up points in that. They could have been running away with a title, which shows how tight how competitive this league is. Yeah, and, and, and just finally on Sheffield United, John O there, you know, he was he was a big part of the of the team when we first started doing this podcast. Uh, he, he's almost Mr. Sheffield United in, in a little in a little sense. And, and it seems to me like he's very much enjoying himself back there and, and being in the dugout and working alongside Jack Midson and the rest of the coaching team. He was very keen to to point out about how there's so many of them and they're all pulling in the right direction. Well yeah we mentioned one of those men was that Simon Beard. It was one of my favourite players for David, unsung unsung hero. So, uh, got to see that he's doing it. I know he's quite um, heavily qualified on a coaching point of view. So, yeah, again, Sheppy, we all know what they can do. Well run off the off the club, and I don't know. I, I can never remember them being a an Isthmian Premier League club in all the time I've been following non-league football. So, I've never been in the Isthmian League before. So this is this is they're already at the highest level they've ever been at. Really? Well, we've always sort of seen it in the thing from there so well we know off the field they're going in the right direction again 12 games to play all to play for yeah the league is probably gone but playoffs I don't think anybody will be looking there looking forward to playing Sheppard if they get into those playoffs if they carry on this fine form absolutely yeah as you said a couple of times Chatham four without a win uh a bit frustrating for them tonight I think they uh, they they huffed and puffed at times. They came close. They even, Matt, you're like this, brought Jack Evans on with eight seconds of play to go to take a free kick just outside the penalty area. Uh, unfortunately, it went into the wall. And that meant that it finished all square between Chatham and Sheppey, as you've already mentioned. And I also spoke to the Chatham manager, Kevin Hake. Look, we're on, we're not, we haven't been on a great um, run like of late, but what was the main thing for us was the performance. You know, I thought the performance was there and like, when the performance is there, the results follow, you know. So, yeah, not over the moon. I'm never going to be over the moon with a nil-nil. I've probably killed. I've done a newspaper interview and um, said they're always, it's always a classic game. And then it's just killed us because now it's a nil-nil. But it's a nil-nil classic, should we say. I said the same thing. I should say that I think it's the fourth time I've seen this game. They're always entertaining. And tonight, obviously, no goals. But it, it wasn't a lot of chances in the game, were there? No, not really. Um, I thought both keepers have um, pulled off some good saves. 
you know. Um, but for me, you know, the performance from out of point of view was there tonight. You know, Sheffield informed team. We got respect to him. It's a local derby. Great crowd of over 1,600 tonight, which was lovely to see. Just unfortunately, we couldn't go and get the points, you know. But look, we still put ourselves in a great position. So we'd have took it at the start of the season to be here now. It's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Four without a win for you now. It must be a long time since you've been, since Chatham have been that long without a win. Well, it just goes to show how well we've done. You know, this is now stretches us now at 26 unbeaten at home, um, which is up there with um, one of the best in the country, if not the best, you know. So um, I think that takes us to August, um, sorry, October 2021 was the last time we lost here. So it's a good record, you know, it's one we're proud of. Um, Sheppy made it hard for us to say they're, they're always going to, you know, and they're, they're, they're on a rich reign of form. So, look, whilst we didn't get the, like, the win that we would have wanted, we still find ourselves in a great position. So. It's great at the top of the league, isn't it? I, I'm sure you already know Ramsgate with 3-0 up and, and got pegged back tonight. So yeah. everyone's having a little bit of a, a, a blip, it seems. So, or, or everyone's taking it in terms, I suppose, to have a little bit of a blip. Yeah, and I mean, it's just going to be who finds that consistency. It, it is. You know, you've only got to look at Hive, you know, who we played last week. You know, they've won three. They was probably looking at a bit of a relegation battle, you know, speaking to Darren. Um, down there now they win three and now they're three points off the playoffs so that's just how close it is so look we've got to be strong you know there's 12 more games to go keep mentally strong um, with it and keep going we go to Corinthian on Saturday and look let's go down there but look there's going to be no easy games now it's um, everyone slipping up at one point or another no one really seems to want to claim it and I'm sure it's going to go right down to the wire People have to remember that both these teams were promoted last season as well, don't they? Yeah, no, exactly. And, it, you know, it's something I spoke about as well, that, you know, you can't just take it for granted that you just, you, anyone's got a God-given right to get promoted. And, yeah, we've got some good momentum. And, and, and um, I think, likewise, Sheppard have got some good momentum with it. But we've had to change things, like, a lot um, in, in order to get to where we are. But, look, as I say, um, we're, we're pleased, you know, to be in the position that we're in with 12 games to go. Uh, you mentioned Corinthian away on Saturday. They're, they're not having a, a, a great season, but you're always in for a tough game there, aren't you? It's never going to be an easy game, you know, at Corinthian. Um, but I can honestly, hand on heart, say I don't believe there's any easy games. You've only got to look Ramsgate v Faversham. Who would have thought that would have been a thrill draw? No one would have thought that, you know, at the start of the game. You know, one team's at the top, one team's at the bottom, but everyone fights for it, you know. Everyone wants it, and it, it's great to see, and it, it, it's a proper... It's a proper for me, it's it's the pyramid, it's the it's the sorry the, the step in the pyramid where it, football starts to get a little bit serious, you know. And um, it's great to be in where where we are. And there's no disrespect to the scaffold or anything like that. But now you're talking about everyone's got an half decent budget, everyone's got the VO, everyone's doing their analysis, you know. And we do things properly. Everyone else does things properly, and it's it's nice to see. And it, it, it's certainly taxing, you know, when um, you're trying to come up against opposition, but. Look, we'll be, um, we'll be going at it. Um, boys have a night off on Thursday because they deserve it because I was in last night. Um, and we'll go to Corinthian and, and see how we get on. Uh, away from that, proud week for the club with Ike getting his meter drilling. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a great, um, it's a great thing that the club... Look, we've been working on this youth system you know, ever since I come here um, five years ago. And it's just nice to see it, it coming off. And this isn't a kid who's just gone from... Um, us into an academy or got a scholarship, you know, with with a Millwall or a Charlton or, or or any other Premier League team. This is a guy who's gone and played for us. Everyone's seen how good he's done for Chatham Town, and now he's gone from step eight to step four, and he's earned himself a two-year pro contract, which is all credit to him, credit to Gillingham for loaning him back to us. But um, you know, there's a rich. I mean, we've we've been doing our trials today. We've had over um, 60 at our trials. You know, who are coming. 
um, hopefully for our scholarship next year if they're, if they're successful. And the youth will always be the, the, the lifeblood of this club. It's the future. We give youth a chance. And it's, it's shown now that we've got our first guy who's got a pro contract out of it. So it's a really proud day for the club. And I guess for you as well, you'll be hoping that the new regime up the road is, is going to be more beneficial towards Kent because they've always had a bit of reputation for, for not exactly helping out the, the, the local clubs. And I suppose hopefully with the new chairman there, that might be something positive for us. Yeah, um, we've, we've had meetings um, with them and, and everything's been really positive, talking about aligning the clubs a lot more. We've always had a very good relationship with Gillingham, but we're talking about aligning the clubs a lot more. And um, I'm sure it's, it's only going to get closer, especially with, obviously, Ike. I'm sure we'll attract a few Gillingham supporters here and Chatham supporters will go over there when he hopefully makes his first team debut in the not-so-distant future. Uh, and just finally, obviously, it's, it's going to be tight the rest of the season, isn't it? But I guess you, you've got great support, you're brilliant here, that, and that's always going to be a good foundation for you. Definitely. I mean, like, um, the home support is massive. You've seen them here tonight come out in their numbers. It was, it, it's lovely to see them. And we owe them, you know, we owe them a performance, I'll be honest with you, last... Um, Three games haven't been great, you know, but I think the lads put a shift in today and look, but for a bit of lady luck, you know, we could have come away with all three points, you know, but having said that, all credit's got to go to Sheppey. They stuck to their game plan, you know, and um, we, uh, we battled out a boring <laughs> nil-nil draw. I suppose, Matt, it's, it's a difficult one for Kevin because, as I said to him there, they've been on such a good run of form. I can't remember the last time that they've been four without a win. And that's when you really have to earn your corn, isn't it, as a manager? If your team is, is not performing, it's, being a football manager is the easiest job in the world when you're winning. When you're not getting those results and you're having a, a, a blip, that's when you need to sort of make it up, isn't it? I mean, they've been drawing games and not necessarily losing games, but he said there the performance was all important and he was happy with their performance tonight. But it, 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 arguably, it, it, it's a decent a point. Um, and coming out and look at the other scores, it is a decent point for them. I suppose you, you learn more about your, your team when you're not winning matches. So, interesting, you know, they look at the size of that. You mentioned about Jack Evans not bringing, playing him on, you know, he, or, or not starting him from the start. For me, that's a bit of a surprise because he is a, a threat throughout the side. I suppose the only concern, again, in that game with two wins and two defeats, they've only scored one, uh, two goals in those four games as well. And we know... Chatham are an absolute prolific side going forward. So that may be a little bit of a concern. Um, yeah, they've got some good players looking at the, the team sheet there. Experienced players. Just got to get on the horse. It's still a long way to go. They win their games in hand. It's probably in their own hand because they've got to play Ramsgate as well, haven't they, before the season ends. So just a bit of a blip, but 1,681 people there. Shows the club's going in the right direction. Just got to make sure that the, the fans keep with them because when you when you're winning matches and you then you stop winning matches, there could be a little bit of murmurings of disappointment. So, but I'm sure Kevin Hake's seen it all before and he knows to keep the the players on and the supporters on the um, just don't get too concerned at the moment because do we expect them to be at the top end of the table? Probably did, but uh, still, maybe we thought they'd be in the playoffs, but they've still got a chance on the title. Yeah, and I suppose the one thing you can say is you look at the bench tonight. Beckwith, Evans, Bradshaw, Sareva and Oli Sassayimbo who came on and, and looked very handy. That's a strong bench, isn't it? Yeah, For, yeah, you know, to, to be able to have that, that that amount of depth that's not in your starting eleven, And he can go to Corinthian on Saturday now and bring in Evans, Bradshaw, who've not played, you know, apart from Evans coming on for 10 seconds. They'll be fresh and ready to go at, at Corinthian on Saturday if, if that's the way he decides to go. And that's where... Chatham's real strength is, is is their strength in depth. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dan Bradshaw, an absolute machine at this level, not getting on. So either I've always liked him when he was at Maystone and Woking. They've got some good players. So uh, beforehand, probably, I suppose you, they, people turn up expecting them to win at home. They haven't won the last two at home. They just need to do it. But Shep, it's a difficult game against Sheffield. We know the rivalry from last season. So they just need to make sure that, uh, again, look at them on paper. They've got some easier games coming up. No disrespect to some of the opposition they're playing. You expect them to get back on the horse pretty quick. Yeah, and obviously as well, Matt talked there uh, about Ikorji, the, the right back who's uh, been signed in the last week by Gillingham, uh, loaned back to Chatham for the rest of the season. And, and as Kevin said there, a really proud moment for, for him with the way that Ike has come through the system and now he's earned his chance to go and play in the Football League. Yeah, Gillingham have been renowned for missing out on local talent. So maybe that's Andy Hissentala's role is to, to try and find local talent and bring them through. Um, I hadn't really heard much about him, but um, clearly the, the Jills um, have looked at him. Right fullback, highly rated. He'll get full-time training. Um, and will he be ready to go with them next season? It'll be interesting to see. What did you think of him this evening, John? I, I thought he was he was a threat, actually. He gets gets on the ball well and Chatham liked to play wide. Uh, it was pretty noticeable, especially in the first half, that the two wingers pretty much stuck to the flanks. Uh, and that gives the, the fullbacks almost a chance to sort of dart inside a little bit. You know, he's, he's a solid defender and, and he gets forward well. And, and at, at times, to be honest, he was a little bit of a marked man tonight. It's certainly late on, he was on the end of a couple of tasty challenges. So uh, I think, you know, he, he is obviously one who's going to be there thereabouts, as Kevin said there. He's hoping that it won't be too long until Ike is, is seen in a Gillingham shirt making his first team debut. It might be one of those where he goes a little bit higher up the pyramid first have another season there. But the full-time training is just going to make a, a massive difference to him. And, you know, brilliant, brilliant for Chatham to, to have that. And as Kevin said there, you know, they're, they're already looking at the trials going forward and people want to come and play for Chatham Town's youth system because of people like Ike. And that's the way it works. I think we're seeing the same at Ramsgate as well. But, you know, it's, it's just a really, really good way of, of, uh, of things working for them. And as I said there, and you said it as well, you're on the money, Gillingham have got a reputation of missing out on the best Kent talent. And with the new ownership up there, um, hopefully this is the start of good links between Gillingham and the clubs around the county. Because, you know, there's a lot of things I could say about Gillingham Football Club, which I won't say on this podcast. But they should have more responsibility to be a focal point for football in this county. And I think in the past 10, 15 years, they really, really haven't. So hopefully with the new ownership, the way they're going, they will be able to really you know, help the other clubs in the county flourish by giving them those opportunities and, and loaning out their, their best young players. Well, yeah, I think so. Well, I will say about if, if Handy Heston effects brought him in, if he thought he was a um, good enough player and he's been watching him for a while, why didn't he bring him at Dover? There you go. That's rather than some of the players he did bring in. But um, yeah, it, and, and the only game, it's good enough for Chatham and people will see, yeah, you can be rewarded with the extra training, the good quality training you get for football league clubs. So um, yeah, delighted for that. Although we always want to see players going into the league and we're going to, we'll, we'll follow his career um, closely, John, and hopefully um, Julian rating highly, he could well be involved next season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, sometimes, Matt, you, you make a decision and you think, did I do the right thing? Well, I chose 
uh, of all the games I could have gone to uh, tonight, to go to Chatham against Sheppey, and it finished 0-0. Uh, it was a night of comebacks elsewhere in the Eastman League South East for our teams, uh, as Kieran Cadogan scored two goals uh, in the last eight minutes, as Seven Oaks came from 2-0 down to rescue a point against VCD, uh, while leaders Ramsgate were pegged back from 3-0 up in their game against Faversham. Uh, really, really good result for Faversham. Still bottom of the table, still really struggling. Uh, but Ramsgate, I'm guessing, with Jamie Coyle, will be very, very frustrated by not holding on to that one. Yeah, I, I presume both sides of the coin here. We mentioned before, a couple of weeks ago, we were surprised that Steve Lovell had sacked. We did hear murmurings of other managers coming in. And I think I mentioned about Jamie Coyle had been a manager. We mentioned that Jamie Coyle had been a manager before. He was then uh, appointed that job. Um, doing a very good job so far. And you would have thought 3-0 up with half an hour to go, they should get some side struggling at the wrong end of the table. They should be able to see it through. Clearly, they haven't done. Um, and that will be a little bit of a concern because that would have given them a nice little gap at the top end of the table. So um, you probably learn more about your players in that half an hour than he's done completely in his previous four games whenever he's been in charge. So a bit of a shocker. Um, but from the opposite point of view, I wonder where Sammy Moore has seen this performance come from because they haven't really got going since then. Another goalkeeper used, James Tonkin, who was at Deal before. So, um, yeah, it was a strange result. I don't know what odds you'd have got on Faversham coming back from 3 uh, 0 down with half an hour to go, but fair play to them. But, but they've got to move on from this. As with Ramsgate, again, with the other score being a draw as well, maybe it's not the end of the world for them losing that point, but. Just a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I did want to say as well, Jamie Coyle's first game in charge, uh, which was what last Saturday for went holiday. It reminded me uh, a little bit of the uh, the Little Britain sketch with the with the Dennis Waterman character who wanted to write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Well, Jamie Coyle wants to manage the team, play centre half, and score the winning goal. Uh, so you know that that's the the best he could do uh, in his. But he wasn't doing it today. He wasn't playing enough. He's injured. He brought a guy in from Welling, but I, I presume he didn't want to manage, did he? So he didn't want to play. Uh, as well as managed, so um, they've brought come from there. But yeah, it, it's still again. But the, the the pudding will be for Ramsgate at the end of the season if they get promoted. The decision to sack Steve Lovell will be seen as a good decision, won't it? Um, that, that's 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 they're going to live and die on that. It's still top of the table. Again, it could come down for when they play um, uh, Chatham on Easter Monday. I think it is so. Yeah, yeah. Prior to the pudding, as I keep saying, if they don't go up, the decision to sack Steve Love will look a bad decision. We won't know until to the end of the season. No, obviously we'll hope to get Jamie Cole on the show at some point soon. The rest of the results this week on Saturday: a pair of goalless draws, uh, Ashford at home to Sittingbourne and Beckenham against Hayward Heath. Uh, Sheppey three one winners at Burgess Hill. BCD lost two at Chichester. Corinthian went down by the same score at home to Lansing. Uh, Faversham drew one one with Whitehawk. Hive beat Chatham one nil. Ramsgate won 2 1 at Seven Oaks and Cray Valley drew 2 2 at Three Bridges. And then on Tuesday night, Beckham won a thriller 3 2 at Cray Valley and Hyde beat Sittingbourne by a goal to nil. The big games keep on coming this weekend with Beckenham hosting Ashford at two o'clock, Seven Oaks head to Burgess Hill, Corinthian at home to Chatham, Faversham host Cray Valley, Hive go to Littlehampton. As we said, Sheppey against Ramsgate is a big one. It's Sittingbourne against Haywards Heath and VCD host Whitehawk. Then on Tuesday, it's Ashford against Corinthian, Hyde at home to Burgess Hill. Sitting one take on his Grinstead and Seven Oaks head to three bridges. Uh, let's move up a division to the East Midlands Premier Division where the biggest news was a transfer where Folkestone Victor Hotshot Adi Yusuf moved to Hornchurch 
after the promotion hopefuls paid a fee for his services. Uh, a few Invicta fans on social media not happy with the decision uh, by the club to sell Matt, but at that level, it's pretty hard to turn down a transfer fee, isn't it? Yeah, I would have thought so. It must have been a good five figures as well. Um, and Folkestone can maybe invest that in the rest of the squad going forward. When we've seen Yusuf, I saw him earlier in the season, he looked a threat. Um, he's got that ability to go past players. He's joined a, joined a Hornshirt side who do have numerous strikers in the ranks. So um, it was a bit of a strange one. Um, but if you can't turn it down, if you had feeling that he was going to go at the end of the season as well, it's a figure that Folkestone, we know, have got a few financial worries. Maybe a chance to bring for me. I see they brought in Louis Collins on loan. Totally different player to um, uh, to Yusuf. But um be interesting to see if they bring in other strikers as well from that point of view. But unfortunately, Folkestone will always maybe class as a, as a selling club. If they've got offers, they haven't got the ability to turn it down. No, exactly. And, and it's one of those as well, I suppose. Uh, and I don't know much about the character of Ali Yusuf, but if he hears that someone's coming in for him and, and he sees a chance to be promoted, he's going to want to go as well. And, and as you say, w- with the nature of non-league football and the way that contracts are, um, I don't think if anyone comes in with a decent transfer fee, you can afford to to, to turn it down. Uh, and I think that's what they did. Um, you know, that's... Uh, and, you know, they did say the money be reinvested into the squad. Uh, and uh, they brought in Louis Collins and, and I'm sure he'll be, he'll be keen to to make his mark because he's had a lot of clubs, hasn't he? And he hasn't really found anywhere where he's, he's found a home. And, and hopefully, you know, if he can be settled and in around the team for the rest of the season at Folkestone, it's a good place to play football. Uh, they play football the right way as well. It could be a good opportunity to, for, for him and it could be a move that's beneficial for both parties. Yeah, I think so. Of course, they've still got Ian Draco as well, haven't they? Thinking about that, he's a, um, a good player who can come in. He doesn't play that too many times at the moment, but yeah, I, I, I think they just can't, they can't afford to turn down a transfer fee at this level, um, folks in Invicta, and how do you see a popular player between the, with the supporters, but it is what it is, you've got to move on from that, I would have thought. You've got Absolutely. To, you've got, the- again, you can't turn down a transfer fee if that money can bring in, I don't know if Yusuf was well paid, probably was, uh, it was their main man, striker force. So strikers owed a lot of money. You bring in two players, that could be the difference between you getting in the playoffs. So I think the the folks in the Switchers have got to, you know, they lost their manager early in the season because they might not be able to pay him. So turning down a transfer fee is probably not in the remit of the club, I would have thought. No, on the pitch, uh, Invicta travelled to Cray Wanderers tonight, uh, Wednesday night, uh, and that f- and drew nil nil. Uh, that followed a 1-1 draw in the other Kent derby on Tuesday night between Herne Bay and Margate with Bay, who were winners at Brighton on region, now just three points away from fifth and bottom Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, they have the brilliant tweet on Tuesday night after their incredible defeat at Wingate and Finchley, where the home side scored four goals in the last eight minutes to win 4-3. Uh, no other way to put it than we f***ed it, was the assessment on, from their Twitter <laughs> pod, which is completely fair enough. Uh, also did, on Saturday, did you think the, the goalkeeper scored, didn't he? Yes, to make unbelievable. Equalizer, then they straight oh, away the other one and got the other one. So that's the um, crazy just, thing. 
Unbelievable. An absolutely unbelievable game. Uh, also on Saturday, Invicta won 3-1 at Horsham. Cray Wanderers were 2-1 winners over Carshalton. And Margate lost 1-0 at home to Bishop Stortford. But that is their own defeat in the last six for improving gate. And I'm hoping uh, that we'll have a ch- chat with the manager, Reese Prestige, on the show soon. Uh, this weekend, Invicta host Corinthian Casuals. Cray Wanderers head to Hastings. Herm Bay go to Hornchurch and Margate meet Carshalton with Invicta at home to Enfield on Tuesday and Herm Bay at Kingstonian on Wednesday. Uh, let's head for the scaffold now, where the Kent Senior Trophy took top billing at the weekend. And it was the two home sides who won their semi-finals to reach the final at Maidstone on April the 16th. Uh, Punjab United overcame runaway readers Irith and Belvedere to book their spot in the final. Uh, we spoke to Chippy on our last show after the quarter-final, so I can only begin to imagine how happy and excited he was this week. Uh, they will face Deal Town in the final, who beat the other side town uh, by also by a goal to nil. Uh, Matt spoke to Hoops boss Steve King and started by asking him about how he felt to reach the final. Yeah, very, very pleased. Um, we've been pretty vocal about wanting to target um, the, the Kent competitions, obviously the League Cup and the Kent Senior Trophy this year and last year, really. Um, so to actually have, have reached the final of one of those competitions um, was, was really pleased and it was a great day for the club. Yeah, good crowd again, 604. How did the game go? Erith Town are a decent side. Was it a bit of a cat and mouse affair, a bit nervy at the near the end? Yeah, to be fair, I thought we were the better side over the 90 minutes and, and created the better chances. But um, like I say, they're a side that have only lost once away in the league all season. Um, and they're where they are in the league for a reason. So it was never going to be plain sailing, but I thought we played very well. Um, like I say, certainly had the better chances. Their goalkeeper made three or four very good saves and yeah it probably got a little bit nervy for for us on the bench in the last five six minutes because we knew what was at stake but we didn't really concede many chances um, and we saw the game out pretty comfortably in the end but what was the feeling at the final whistle an achievement you think you've achieved something this season now now i think it was uh obviously a lot of excitement from the players and the crowd and probably just a little bit of relief because we've done so much work over the last five, six years to build the club and we just wanted to have something as recognition for that. Obviously, we've had good Vars runs. We had another good Vars run this year. We got record league position last year, but to get to a final, to have that showpiece day and to have the chance to win some silverware for the first time in over 20 years, um, yeah, it just it just felt like a bit of a tick in the box of for all the work that everyone at the club's done over the last couple of years, really. I suppose uh, when you came off, when you found out you were opponents, because um, a bit of a shock, Punjab um, winning the other semi-final, um, would you class yourself, I know it's a few months away yet, but would you class yourself as now favourites for the final? I wouldn't say favourites because Punjab have recently signed a lot of players from higher levels. We played them at the start of January, had a really tight one-all draw at home. Um, they've they've bought a few more in that have dropped down from um, Ismian clubs recently so it's going to be a real tough final but look anybody would be lying if they said that would we prefer to play Punjab or Aaron Belvedere are absolutely flying I think most people would say Punjab would have a greater chance but um, it's we've got 14 league games between now and then so our focus goes back on that and then when we get closer to the time we'll prepare properly like we always do um, knowing that we've got a decent chance of, of winning some silverware on the day You mentioned the league there are you surprised how much Erith and Belvedere have actually dominated the table 20 points clear? 
think, first of all, fair play to them. They've been very consistent. They've they've invested heavily in their squad and bought in a lot of experience. When you look at just the two boys that got centre after, I mean, Johnson and and Strachan, and obviously bought Adam Malloy in goal. They've built from a real solid base. Um, I think it's probably also a sign that none of the other sides chasing them have, have been able to be consistent. Um, the irony is that this time last year we were in a better position, points per game basis, um, yet we're pretty much already written off promotion because of Chatham and Sheppey. Um, whereas this year we're still sort of in and around competing for that second place. I think it's probably a combination of factors. They've done incredibly well. Um, and none of the other sides chasing them have, have been able to put that, that sort of run together to keep with them. Yeah, I'll be looking at it. I think everybody's beaten everybody from that second place down, isn't it? From the, so it shows how competitive yeah. the division is. Yeah, it's, and look, I think a lot of us, I, I was quite vocal about it. A lot of other people were about Scaffold being stacked at the top end for a long time. You've only got to take a look at the Ismian South East table, and I think you see Beckenham, who obviously at the top of Scaffold for a long time before they moved across for a season. Chatham and Sheppey all in playoff places, so. Um, it's probably not a surprise that this season's gone how it's gone um, with it being really competitive at the top end other than like I say Aaron Belvira deserve full credit for um, I mean for being the one team that's been very consistent You mentioned the points per game is less than this time last season so are you disappointed with your league form? <sighs> Frustrated would probably be the word just because we've dropped some silly points across the season um, I think it sounds stupid. I think the league's been more difficult this year because there's more sides from second down to probably 13th or 14th who have invested more than what they did last year. I think a lot of clubs looked at it last year, looked at Sheppey, Chatham and Glebe and thought, I mean, we're not going to get near them. Um, so I think week on week games have been tougher, which is why more teams are taking points off each other, if that makes sense. Um, but from our point of view, we've lost probably three games away at K-Sports, early doors, away at Kennington and then away at Welling. That if you put just another five or six points on our total, we'd probably be very happy with where we're at. So um, our performances have been very good. We've been really pleased with our progression. I think we're a better side than what we were last year. Um, I think the league's just been tighter and we've just dropped some silly ones. It's, it's all to play for to get in that second space and we're talking before you play Rustle on Wednesday evening they're having a fantastic season but is it a game you know a win there really brings you back into the hunting pack a defeat it's a bit of a concern isn't it yeah well first of all obviously they haven't lost at home all season mm. in any competition so um, it's going to be really really tough for us um, travelling there on a Wednesday night um, it's not the easiest um, but a win would a win would really propel us. Um, I wouldn't say a defeat puts us out of it, um, but it does make it tougher because that's another side that's harder to overturn. The points difference between us and Russell will be quite good, uh, quite big. Um, the, the thing that we've looked at is we've still got to play Russell twice. We've got to play Erith Town twice. We've got to play Phoenix at home. Um, so, in a way, it's in our own hands. Um, because we've got the sides that have got games in hand above us to play. Um, but we're going to have to go on an incredible run um, to get second. I think we're a little bit behind the eight ball at the minute. 
all the whilst it's mathematically possible and we're in there so, I mean we'll we, we prepare for every game properly we fight right to the end every season um, we'll keep going and we'll see what happens Well you mentioned that game against Rustall uh, that they played on Wednesday night they came from 2-0 down uh, to get a point there deal but we'll talk about that shortly uh, first we're going to talk about the trophy and a great day for deal to reach the final uh, I quite enjoyed the fact he didn't swat away your question either by saying that you know they wanted to win it he's just happy to be in the final and, and I think it's actually really great that being in the final means so much to both of those teams who've reached it. Uh, really big. For, we saw when we spoke to Chippy a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I didn't fancy them against Derrick and Belvedere, so I'm absolutely delighted they got a result there. Again, I would have thought they would be absolutely buzzing after that. And against the deal side, just as well, Steve was desperate for deal to get in the cup competitions. The Vars didn't go their way because of various reasons. But this one will mean that so much to everybody at the club. The excellent crowds are getting, the hard work is is paying off and you're, you're rewarded with a cup final and they can have a lovely day out at Maidstone and see if they can pick up a trophy. But whoever sides picks this trophy up, um, I, I think they would be absolutely buzzing for it. So um, it's a competition that everybody's going to enjoy the final. Few months away yet. They're going to try and improve their league form. The pair of them, but um, absolutely delighted for Steve because he's it means so much to him as it does to Punjab. Yeah, I mean I've been to a few Kent Senior Trophy finals in the, in the last few years since we've been doing this show, and they're always a good day out. And I, and I think that this one will be no exception. And, and you know, it's, as you say, it's two months away. Uh, the finals. There's plenty of football to be played between now and then. But I know that Steve and Chippy, for that matter, will both be very proud men mm. on that day when they lead their teams out. And, and and that's, you know, that's it's brilliant because they're they're nice blokes, they're well-run clubs, they're, they're you know, they're, they're teams that have been a big part of what we've done on this show over the past, what, six years or so. Uh, and I think it's absolutely brilliant that, that they're both going to get their day in the sun. And, and it'll be great because whoever loses that game will still have been pleased to be there. And, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's probably good that the teams, the two area teams, are not going to be in the top two in the division. They're not in the final. The competition could go to another worthy club, um, and it will be a, a good day out for both clubs. From a deal, from a league point of view, I mentioned that have they underachieved a little bit? Clearly, he said they have because they've got less points than they have this time last year. But the points he made was quite interesting because the league. Well, it was dominated by two clubs last season. This season, it's been dominated by one. And the rest of the other clubs seem to be beating each other, which makes it arguably more exciting than it was last season. Yeah, I think you made a really good point there about uh, investment. And, and this was something that I said, certainly off the record last season, was if you were a club who didn't have any chance of getting into the top uh, two or three last season, what was the point in chucking loads of money at it? And I think Steve has made exactly that point there in saying, you know, there are teams who didn't invest as much last season as they might have done, were a bit more cautious with their budgets and now they're they're feeling the benefit of it. And I think Hirith and Belvedere are definitely one of those. You know, I think they they probably could have spent more on, on their squad last season, but decided to really have a go at it this year. And lots of other clubs have done that as well. And that is what's making it a brilliantly competitive league. And, you know, it's amazing to see how 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 it's all panning out and, and the battle for that second place and, and a playoff is going to be absolutely huge, isn't it? Well, you think that the opposition as well, you could be playing in the, 
in 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 that playoff game. Look at the bottom of the other division as well. It's going to make it really exciting. There could be some very big games at, at this state of the division. So, deal. Okay. Again, at the moment, Eritown are the team, along with Erith and Belvedere, look like it could be the side to do it because they've got the less games in hand. So, but again, as, as, as Kingy said there, he knows three, four wins on the spin in this division. Um, you've got a very good chance. Anybody down to probably about seventh or eighth have got a good chance getting in the playoffs. You've just got to find that consistency. And you're probably not playing as many cup games now, though, so you've got to concentrate on the league these games. The team who finds the most consistency and has the ability to beat the sides around them are going to decide it's probably going to get the second place. But a long way to go. But it's good to see there's so many sides pl- pl- looking forward to try and get that second spot. So it adds a little bit of excitement with it, these um, the playoffs in this division. I'll tell you what, he'll be pleased with that comeback tonight as well, won't he? Yeah, oh, again, very um, you know, praising of Russell before the, before the game. It would be a difficult game. Again, I would have thought he'd been into him at half-time, but he's got the reward in the second half, and that could be a good point come the end of the season. Yes, uh, in the league on Saturday, it was uh, Beersted winning 2-1 at Canterbury. Ended Fisher 2, Hollands and Blair 2, Gleebet Holmesdale 2-1. Lords had an impressive 3-1 win over Whitstable. Phoenix Sports uh, beat Stansfeld 4-0. It was Rustall 2, Sutton 2. No goals between Tunbridge Wells and Kennington. A great win for K-Sports, uh, 5-0 at Welling Town. Uh, on Wednesday, it was Irith Town 1, Hollands and Blair 0 and Kennington 1, Beersted 0 in the other games. On s- this Saturday, it's Beersted against Stansfeld. Irith and Belvedere host Lordswood. Fisher host Punjab United. Glebe meet Phoenix Sports. Hollands and Blair have their long-awaited homecoming when they host Deal Town at Star Meadow. Kennington meet Holmesdale. Rustall face Irith Town. Wellingtown host Canterbury. And it's Whitswell against Sutton Athletic. Uh, a few tasty ones in there, particularly uh, Rustall and Irith Town. But a really big day for Hollands and Blair. Surely the highlight in that one, Matt. Yeah, I think it should be a exciting time for them. Back on there, get the supporters on board. Um, be a tough game for for Deal in that situation, but I'm sure they'll raise the game uh, both sides to do with the result with it. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. They're coming back to their own ground. Yeah, K Sports then host Beerson on Monday night before Blair at home again. Uh, on Tuesday, they face Welling Town. Glebe also face Punjab. Lords would meet Kennington. Sutton Athletic host Tunbridge Wells. And then on Wednesday, it's Irith Town against Fisher and Phoenix Sports against Canterbury. Uh, into the first division where more than 500 fans saw the top two clash on Saturday. But they didn't see any goals as it ended 0-0. Between Lutford and Newhithe and Snodland. Uh, after that game, both those sides were level pegging with 42 points from 20 games. Uh, but it looks like they're going to be battling all the way uh, with the town two points behind, but have played three games more. Uh, Larkfield have actually moved a point clear tonight after a 1-1 draw at Faversham Strikeforce. But it looks, Matt, like it's going to be an absolute thriller between those two all the way. They, they met in the playoffs last season and it looks like it's going to be right down to the wire, that one. Fantastic crowd at that level of football. Um yeah, it, it is like Lid's still doing well. Amazing how Lid are doing so well with a minus three goal difference in third place. But yeah, Larkfield and Newhive. Have they ever got to play each other again? Has they played each other twice now, have they? Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they and yeah, 500 so, at both games as well, which is incredible. Um, yeah, that, everybody, the first thing they'll do is when they've got their results, look at how the opposition have done. So still quite tight up there as well. You know, the other player people could get involved. If if they if they um, slip up, so but what a great attendance at that level of football, five hundred, brilliant, really great. Yeah, it certainly is. Elsewhere on Saturday, Bermondsey won a thriller three two at AFC Whiteleaf. 
Uh, Luke Burden scored a hat-trick as Lidtown won 4-2 at FC Elmstead. He did 1-1 between Forest Hill Park and Greenways. It was also the same at Meridian VP against Lewis and Borough and Rochester against Croydon. Uh, SC Thamesmead beat Tooting Brick 1-0. Faberton Strike Force 3-1 winners at Staplehurst. Monarchs, a couple of games on Wednesday night. I've already mentioned Faberton Strike Force 1, Larkfield and New Hythe 1. Uh, Last-minute equaliser for the home side there. They also finished ASC Whiteley winning 3-1 uh, at Brydon Ropes. On Saturday, Brydon Ropes are home again as they take on Lidtown. Uh, Croydon hosts SC Thamesmead. FC Armstead meet Larkfield and New Hythe. Greenways host AFC Whiteley. Frotchard United head to Lewisham Borough. Sodland host Tooting Beck and it's Staplehurst Monarchs against Meridian VP. Uh, Bermsey Town host Forest Hill on Tuesday when Rochester are also at home to Staplehurst Monarchs. Fort Lewisham Borough meet Croydon on Wednesday. Uh, Ebbsfleet United are now nine points clear at the top of National League South after four points out west this week. A 3-1 win at Bath followed by a goalless draw at Chippenham on Tuesday. Dartford have beaten Chippenham 2-0 on Saturday when Tommy James were two on winners at Dulwich. And although I assumed my Wi-Fi in Cyprus was on the blink, it does seem that Dover did really beat Eastbourne Borough 2-1. That's, that's got to be one of your best results in ages, hasn't it? Be honest, that's probably a long while. We were better than another team. We were a lot better. Chris Welpdale, who absolutely ripped us apart in the first game, clearly he was injured because all he did was push his baby around the uh, gravel um, perimeter for the rest of for the first half of the game. And so I've never been seen so never been happier to see a player push his pram around for the rest of the game because he was brilliant in the first game. But no, Dover played really well. Uh, went behind early doors. Um, there's definitely urgency in the team now. Jack Paxman, former Maidstone and on loan from Ebbsleet, makes a real difference because he's got some legs in midfield and we haven't had legs in midfield all season. Um, Jai's come on, scored his first goal. Yeah, everybody went home happy because even if we hadn't won that game, if we conceded a last-minute goal, um, they were pleased with the performance. So, yes, we're going in the right direction. Still concerned about relegation, but... Um, uh, yes, oh, everybody went home happy. It was the best performance of the season, I think. Uh, four out of the five teams won on Saturday then, but unfortunately didn't complete the set. As Welling United were beaten 3-0 at uh, Oxford City. Some game at Worthing as well, wasn't it, Matt? Uh, Worthing 4, uh, St Albans City 5. You don't get one of those every day. Well, <laughs> I was fix- about Welling, because I was at Welling the, the previous week against Dartford, wouldn't I? Oh, of course, Welling- yeah. How was that? Yeah, well, I think Dartford were there for the taking, but Welling... Just feel they're underachieving a bit of Welling. The players they've got in that squad really excellent players, but they didn't seem to have that killer touch to take Dartford on and getting tonked in the, in the week as well. On Saturday as well was a disappointing result. It just, uh, you, know, the money, you know, clearly they've got a big budget there with the players they've got. And they're, I think, underachieving a little bit. I know Juan Feeney said, oh, this time last year they were going to get relegated. So they're going in the right direction, but I just feel, do you feel a bit like Welling? You look at their players they've got on paper, who've played at a higher level, some of them, and established players at this level, they should be doing better than they are in 14th place. I think they're just so inconsistent, aren't they? And, and I think, you know, sometimes you look at their result and think, oh, that's a really good result. And then they'll go and stink the place out. I mean, if you look at the other week, when, well, the other week, look when they lost to Weymouth in the FA Cup, that was completely inexplicable. And, yeah. and they played terribly that day. And, and I think that's, that's part of the problem is they're just so inconsistent. And, and it, I'd imagine Warren Feeney's probably pulling his hair out because it, it seems like he never knows what he's, what he's going to get from his team. Yeah, I, I definitely think Dartford were there for the taking. Dartford had been um, lost the last couple of games. They looked low on confidence, looked a little bit shaky, twice going in front. Just didn't have that killer instinct to finish them off. And as the game went on, 
you thought Dartford would be the team to do it. So, yeah, off the field, they're going in the right direction from what the plans they've got to the ground. Just on the pitch, just it's just a bit of a bleh, I would say, from a Welling point of view. And I think, speaking to some of the supporters, they probably think they should be doing a little bit better as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this weekend in that division, uh, Dartford are on the roads. They travel to Braintree. It's Dover against Chelmsford. Ebbsy United host Hampton Richmond Borough. Uh, informed Tunbridge Angels at home to Concord Rangers, while Welling United, the aforementioned Welling United, head to Slough. Uh, full programme midweek as well. Tunbridge Angels go to Chelmsford on Monday night. And then on Tuesday, uh, no game for Dover, uh, but Dartford are at home to Slough. Ebbsfleet go to St Albans, Welling at home to Braintree. Uh, up to the National League and, uh, well, the FA Trophy, in fact. What a win that was for Maidstone United. 4-0 away to Eastleigh. They're into the quarterfinals. Uh, they're going to be at home to Barnet, which probably was not the best draw they could have got uh, at this stage of the competition. But, Matt, if you're a Maidstone United fan, and I'm saying to you, look at the league table, it's not looking good, is it, lads? But do you fancy a day at Wembley? It's all eyes on the FA Trophy now, isn't it? You'd be all over that. Absolutely all over it. Uh, um, I think the Maidstone, Bar- Barnet's a tough one because they've been playing really well recently. I suppose anything Maystone are informed, but Maystone have lifted their game. I wouldn't have thought they'd have any to win 4 0 against Eastleigh is a fantastic result. They've beaten Notts County in the previous round. Maybe this year it's the uh, George Ellicobi. Um It's got to be in the back of your mind a little bit, the trophies thing, unless they can pick up their league form. It's not looking good at the league form because they've played more games than anybody else and they seem to be adrift at the bottom. So. But for, if I was a Maidstone fan, once you get to the quarterfinals of the of the trophy, you're dreaming of Wembley. Um, and if Maidstone got to Wembley, they would probably take 25,000 fans. And what can that do for a club financially and put you on a map a little bit? If you'd offer them relegation and a trip to Wembley now, would they take it? Probably, if I was if, from a Dover point of view, if I was in that situation, to see your team at Wembley um, would be a fantastic achievement. So I I think uh, and then Kobe being the manager leading the side out, yeah, you've got to take that. You've got to, well, if you can if you can get the results right in the league, but it can only, maybe it can only help, can't it? Really, a result like that against Eastleigh, they'll go to Oldham with a little bit of confidence, maybe. Yeah, I suppose eight points from safety, having played two games more than the team eight points in front of them. You're looking at it now, and if you're if you're making that decision, I think you're you're planning your trip to the big arch, aren't you? Um, well, well, you might only get once in your lifetime to be a team at Wembley, and Maystone had two wins away from being at Wembley, which means a lot. I would have thought. Of course, you want to play at the highest level, but again. The money you could get from getting to Wembley could be the difference uh, of having an excellent season again and getting promoted. So, yeah, fantastic result now. Um, you've got to do it, but hopefully this, this could be a catalyst at the weekend. They've got, I think they've got Eastie next week in the week as well. So, you know, hopefully this, you know, there's two games unbeaten. Can he make it three? Can he make it four? Then the, the form in the league will also go into the cup as well. So it's a win-win situation for them. Let's hope so. Bromley uh, just on the outskirts of the playoffs uh, after their 2-1 win at Altrincham on Tuesday night. It's just the same old thing every week uh, with Bromley. They look like they're going to make it and then other teams around them. And it's almost, looking at the table, Matt, it's almost that there's only 
probably a couple of places up for grabs because the, the, the teams, the top five, seem to be a little bit clear, don't they? Yeah, I think they're six unbeaten though, Bromley. So I would have, yeah, you, you would have thought the two probably maybe two places to play for at, at that division. Um, Bromley's experience at that level, playing in the playoffs last couple of seasons, could work in their favour. So yeah, still, still, I still. Plenty to play for, as you mentioned. The top five are probably gone. Two places to play for. I, I fancy probably when they get going that they could be a, an excellent side at this level. So, again, a bit like we said there, consistency. Take your chance when you've got it. But they're in form at the moment, which will only uh, help as they go on. They've got some sides around them to play as well. So, but it could be an exciting end of the season for them as well. Absolutely. They'll be looking to extend their unbeaten run when they take on a, a Dorking Wanderer side on Saturday. We're absolutely tanking uh, at the moment. That's at Hayes Lane. Uh, well, as Matt has already said, Maidstone United travel to Oldham. Uh, full programme in midweek as well. Uh, next week with Bromley on the road, they go to Woking. Uh, while Maidstone, as has already been mentioned, are at home to Eastleigh, who they beat 4-0 in the FA Trophy last weekend. Um, that is it. We've gone through all the divisions. It's been quite a challenge because, um, well, I'm sat in my car talking to Matt on my is phone. Is it cold? It's not cold, but I mean, I'm sat about two, well, five minutes walk away uh, from Chatham Town's ground because we wanted to get this recorded. Uh, I've obviously now got the uh, the prospect of driving back to Eastbourne. My journey up here was absolutely insane because my usual sat-nav programme wasn't working and my other one decided to send me on a wild goose chase. Uh, and now I've got to get ma- manoeuvre my way home Um and then, and then I've got to edit this podcast as well. Um, but I'll probably do that in the morning, to be honest. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it, I feel like it's a bit like the old days because people will remember when we first used to do this show, I used to record it on a Wednesday lunchtime in my car overlooking the, be- the green in Beersted. Uh, nowadays, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, it's not quite as picturesque here. Uh, I can see a block of flats. Um, but, you know, no, it's quite nice being back in the car. I wanted to know what you're doing then. No, definitely not. I mean, I had enough of that during the game uh, at Chatham where there were some um, some youngsters uh, watching the game around me. They weren't perhaps the, the most pleasant, but at one point, one of them said to me, what are you doing here? And I was like, because I was, I was writing the script uh, on my laptop and I was like, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, the same as everybody else. I've come to watch the football. Um, I really, uh, you know, I, I'm not very often lost for words, but... I couldn't really come up with a response to that one. Um, but then in the end, it was it got very dramatic because my laptop battery died with three quarters of the script on it. Um, so I had to very quickly connect to the internet via my phone and then email me, email myself the script so that I could provide this uh, this this script. I know it's hard to believe but this stuff is actually scripted. Um, but we got there in the end. Um, obviously, it's very late. It's way past Matt Gerald's bedtime. Uh, I would true. say I'm likely to get home about one o'clock uh, in the morning. Let's do the uh, test match, though. There is the test match. That's a very good idea. I'll get to watch a bit of that. Because um, it's on BT Sport, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I didn't realise that it was on BT Sport after I um, today flashed up on my watch well, watching the highlights of the football now. So, yeah, sit down and watch a bit of the test match, mate. Yeah, we need to have a talk about BT Sport. Uh, we'll have that off the, uh, off, off the air. Um, but, yeah, we do need to have a talk about that. Um, obviously, I've not been... Uh, watching in telly because I've been away. Uh, I don't know if there's been anything uh, of any good on. There was a, a drama on Channel 5. I can't remember what it was called, uh, but my mum and dad, who I saw this afternoon, said, uh, don't bother watching it. It's rubbish. So I won't be watching that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, um, what, 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 um, 
I haven't really no. I've, I've been going to bed early, mate. To be fair, so I haven't really been watching too much. So what I did see today though was the trailer for uh, Ted Lasso, who yes. is returning to our screens on the fifteenth of March. So that would yes, be something look to, that. to look forward to. That's, I, I uh, see their kits done, but would you buy a Richmond AFC shirt, John? Apparently, you can do, buy them now. Do you know I possibly would? Because I remember back in the day when Dream Team was a thing, I always quite wanted a Hartford United shirt. Um, so you know, I'm you not. Prob- you probably get. You probably get. Uh, from the hipsters at Dulwich, they'd be impressed if you had that. You can you can actually play in the kit on FIFA. Uh, wow. the, the, in fact, I think you can play as AFC Richmond uh, on Roy FIFA Kent, as well. Yeah. I, I would love to be Roy Kent. Yeah, yeah, Roy Kent. Yeah, it, yeah. In the man. trailer, he's absolutely brilliant as well. Yeah, isn't he? yeah he's good. Very but, good. Yeah, what a, what a great man. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, I look forward to that in what a month's time. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just one of those. There's, there's lots of things on at the moment. I, I know you're not a fan of The Apprentice, but I, I did manage to watch that when I got back, and it was one of the most cringeworthy episodes I've ever seen. It was one of those where I wanted to hide behind a cushion because uh, they're just such idiots. But that's always entertaining. But, uh, well, I did watch about that. Somebody was on the it was on the BBC News because he started the thing, but he wasn't seen afterwards. Yes, yeah, so so I didn't really well, think is this really news that this guy was on that he didn't make it. Well, apparently the, the, the story goes uh, that he got so drunk on the flight to Dubai that he was deemed not fit to take part anymore uh, and therefore became the, the, the first candidate in Apprentice history. I think we're in 15, 16 series now. The first candidate ever in the history of The Apprentice to be fired by someone other than Lord Sugar. <laughs> um, so that was quite impressive uh, for, on his part. But honestly, there was one part they were doing. It was like corporate away days in Dubai. And um, the team that somehow won, they they were doing this. This woman went, I know everything about it. I know people will pay the big bucks and, and we'll get it. Well, they didn't pay the big bucks. And they did this boat tour. And the woman who was in tr- who was the, the customer went, can we go? Because I'm bored now, which I, <laughs> which I thought was, was, was incredible. But the other team absolutely naffed it by not buying enough drinks and telling, telling the people you're only allowed to have two cups of water and one cup of juice with your meal. I mean, have you ever heard anything so ridiculous in all, uh, in all of your life? I'm just going to interrupt there. There's a massive fox just walking down the street uh, opposite. Uh, I might go and stick a Kent Nolly podcast sticker on him, see if he wants to listen. But that is a big fox. So you, see, you know, you see a lot more foxes these days. I don't know if it's just me, but do, do you think there's a lot more about? Yeah, when, when we're constantly walking early in the mornings, there's always loads. Um, going at the dog goes mental. You've got to be careful because they'll probably eat the dog. But yes, there is a lot more foxes around. So wild fox. I don't know. I, I've got no idea where they stay during the day, but they are a lot of them just wandering around. Yeah, we had, there was a couple came to visit us at the B&B uh, last year, but they were both, they, they managed to get injured and, and ended up getting trapped. So we had to have the RSPCA out to come and get them and take them away. Uh, and I'm guessing that probably didn't have a happy outcome uh, for the young fox <laughs> yeah, involved in that thought, one. I thought, uh, I'd imagine it was. I'd imagine it was a one-way trip, shall we say, uh, with the RSPCA. Uh, but yes, that that was a very strange interlude into this week's podcast. Almost a stranger say, a, I don't know, a hubba bubba falling out of a bra. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's it's glad to be. It, it, you know, what? it's nice to be back doing a podcast. But I do wish I was still in Cyprus and not talking to you, Matt. And, and That's I don't mean that. even better, mate. At twenty-five past eleven. Do you know what? I, I don't mean to be rude to you and I don't mean to be rude to the listeners because I do love doing this show, but it turns out I love being in Cyprus with my girlfriend more. Who yeah. knew? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Nonley Podcast. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John Phipps 81 and Matt at Matthew underscore Gerard. I'm going to look into setting up this Facebook group as well that I was talking about. Uh, we'll see how we get on with that. But thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. Thank you to all three of our guests for their time. Thank you, Matt, for staying up to nearly half past 11. You're going to be feeling the benefit of that tomorrow, mm. I'm sure. Uh, but thank you, as I say, everybody for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. Be honest, mate, I missed you. So I'm glad you're back.